Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo. I am so thrilled right now to be joined by the legendary Jamie Farr. Legendary, you heard me, I said it, who played Max Klinger in the, the long-running, one of the most popular TV shows ever, MASH. What a what a absolute thrill, Mr. Farr, to be speaking to you. Thank you so much. It's a, a thrill to be answering you, especially at my age. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It's good to be here. It's good to be anywhere, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> well, okay, so let's, let's talk about, if we're talking about uh, age, let's talk about your childhood. You you were born in Toledo, and we you and I spoke back in 2015 for an article that I wrote about the Mud Hens. It was a wonderful article. I uh, reread it, and I really did appreciate it. You you captured uh, the, the essence of uh, what it was like uh, back then. You are very kind. I very much appreciate that. And so, I'll, but I'll, I'll ask you because the the picture that you painted of watching Toledo Mud Hens games through the knot holes at Swain Field. Can 50 you cents. <laughs> 50 cents can can 50 you tell me you <laughs> can you tell me what the mud hens meant to you growing up in toledo ohio well you know we didn't have any kind of major uh sports there uh if you lived in toledo you were either a detroit uh, lion detroit tiger detroit red wings fan or the cleveland browns uh, or the cleveland indians or the cincinnati teams and so mm -hmm. forth so uh, the Mud Hens were, uh, first of all, the name alone is, is intriguing. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Most people are tigers or, or they're, they're, you know, lions or they're some kind of, uh, you know, vicious or ferocious kind of uh, <laughs> the badgers or whatever. So right. the Mud Hens were, I didn't even know what a Mud Hen was uh, <laughs> until I saw a picture of one. Toledo was uh, established on a swamp area. And apparently that's where the coots, the, the, uh, the, the, the black uh, mud hens uh, uh, were all around. So somebody decided, hey, that's a good logo for us. Well, they were certainly early adopters of that. I mean, that was back in the 1800s that that team name uh, came about. And so yeah. that, so it's obviously, it's been a classic name for a long time, especially because they captured the sort of fun, goofy, like this, it's kind of this fat, ugly bird, right? Like it's not intimidating <laughs> at all, like you say. You know, I play golf at, at, at our, uh, well, I haven't been lately because of the, the hip surgery that I had, but at uh, Calabasas, uh, right near uh, where I live here. And uh, we have mud hens there. And I always I see them when we're on the, uh, near the green or, or they're by the pond or the water. And I was, all right, get back to Toledo. Spring training is starting. So <laughs> you'll get back there now. Very so, funny. That's great. Yeah. Well, so can you tell me then, how did your affinity for the Toledo mud hens baseball team as a child, how did that transfer over to the Toledo mud hens becoming one of the most iconic brands in minor league baseball because your character, Max Klinger, in the TV show MASH, wore Mud Hens gear all the time. I, 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 yep, I got one. I still have it from the show. I got it here. That's so that's, uh, yeah, that's from one. the TV yeah. show. I had um, I have three of these uh, for the uh. show. I donated one to the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. I donated yeah. another one to Fifth Third Field where the mud hens uh, play their, their game. And then I kept uh, this one. And it came about two people actually uh, that uh, were uh, uh, the ones that 
that made that possible for the series. It was Gene Cook, who was the manager of the, not the manager, he was the general manager uh-huh. of the Mud Hens. And he decided to send me some of the uh, equipment from the Toledo Mud Hens. And of course our show was during the Korean War. So they had to kind of resemble uh, what was going on at that time. Obviously over the years, they changed the logos or they do sure. something with it. So we had to be careful that it didn't look too modern. Uh, when we put it on. And then one of the writers, Ken Levine, uh, he used to do broadcasting for some of the minor league teams. So he knew about the Mud Hens when he became a writer on our show and also later became uh, uh, one of the executive producers and producers on, on our show. So he said, hey, that's great. I mean, what other team that would Klinger really like? <laughs> the name like Klinger and, and a guy trying to get out of the Army with a Section 8, that would be his favorite, you know, baseball team. So that's how they incorporated that. And then, and then uh, also having the Colonel wear a mud hen shirt. <laughs> what, that was such a great moment, right? In that TV show. I mean, for me as a, as a fan of the TV, I, I'm a baseball fan growing up, watching that TV show and seeing you wearing mud hens gear. It prompted me to say, who were the mud you hens? Casey Stingle, right? It was a, ma- a manager of the mud hens at one time. And I forgot how many farm teams they were with. They were obviously the Detroit types, but I think sure. were they once part of the Yankee uh, or uh, I don't know, they were Minnesota twins. And then they're, I guess they're back with the tight with the uh, Detroit tigers. now. Yeah. I would have to go, I'd have to go look that up. Maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll look it up and then pretend like I knew it all along and just edit it back in. Right. <laughs> That's good acting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I could certainly take some lessons. Well, so when you were on the TV show and you were, you know, playing, you know, this character who like you, the human being loved the Toledo mud hens, did that prompt a lot of questions for you from people saying, who the heck are the mud hens anyway? Like why, you know, what's this affinity for this minor league baseball team? Uh, yeah, they, they did. Uh, I would get a lot of people that would write in and say that, first of all, they didn't know that uh, Tony Packos was a real hot dog place in Toledo. <laughs> and they didn't know that the Toledo mud hens was a real baseball team. <laughs> and when they found out, and this came from all over the world because, you know, MASH played internationally yeah. uh, and, and, and they would dub our voices in whatever language that uh, in the country that it was being played. Yeah. And, they, they would write and, and find out there's a gift shop there and they would start ordering things from that gift shop in, in Toledo. And I used to get people telling me that, yeah, I got a Toledo mud hen hat. I got a Toledo, uh, you know, cap. I got the Toledo uh, baseball. I got a Toledo Jersey. I got, and I couldn't believe it. And apparently uh, it became, they said it's probably the largest of, of any purchases of any minor league team in the United States, uh, the, 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 the kind of from around the world, yeah. the business that they do in that uh, big shop that they have there right. in, in the city. Yeah. So that's how I got to know it. You know, one time I was um, I was doing a Love Boat uh, episode and I was in I think it was uh, I think it was in Turkey. OK. And, uh, in Istanbul or so. And one of the churches that had been transformed into an Islamic place and i wanted to see it i think it was i forgot the name of it it's a very famous one that's how my age is i'm forgetting these things and i was in there and a guy comes up to me and he goes jamie Farr." I go, yeah he goes he says 
I'm from Toledo and I love the Toledo mud hens. I, well, and here I am in Turkey. So Jack comes up saying he's from Toledo and he loves the Toledo mud hens. That is amazing. What an amazing story. And and obviously such a boon for the mud hens themselves. I mean, if you think about it, really, maybe only the Durham Bulls, because there was the movie Bull Durham. Right. Yes, you know, you're absolutely right. Yes. Maybe, you know, but to have this sort of free publicity, basically, because you loved the team was such a boon for them. And I, you know, I really think one of, if not the classic minor league identities out there in probably 90% attributed to your character on MASH. So it's an amazing thing that, that you've done for the team over all of these years. You know, when, when you're doing a TV show and uh, yeah. You, you, you go in, it's a, they're, they're warehouses. This, the, the studio where we shoot is a warehouse. Sure. And we have the end, we had an indoor outdoor set and we had an outdoor outdoor set as well. Right. And you go there every day and you're doing your lines and you, and you, you know, you don't see the general public at all. There are people that you work with or people sure. at the studio and that. And then when you go out, you don't realize, oh my goodness. This warehouse that we're in goes yeah. out all over the entire world, <laughs> and you don't realize it until you go to the corner market or you go someplace else. You go, oh my, you know, because you, you're you're so uh, cloistered. Yeah, uh, and you're doing you're doing a, a show, an episode that's five days a week. You're working in the uh, at the studio, and then on the weekends, I used to do all the game shows as well. So I was always in in an area that was. Uh, you know, that was protected by it. You really didn't have any any uh, relationships with the general public. So when you do go out and you go, oh my goodness, there are people out mm -hmm, there that mm -hmm. are actually watching you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, is, what is your relationship with the team now? I, I, I stay in touch with him. Uh, Joe Napoli, uh, I talk to him. Joe's, Joe's from Brooklyn, New York, you know, okay. so I'm always teasing him about that. <laughs> but he's lived in Toledo for a, a long period of time. I have not been... Uh, back there uh in some time i uh I, I i usually get the our our local newspaper the toledo blade on the uh, on the internet and uh try to keep up with whatever's going on but you know with the covid and sure and all these other things it, it put a, a lot of standstill to uh things that used to happen that you were always uh aware of and kept up certainly with with, uh, with them uh, but i i stay in touch i i give them a call every now and then and and uh just to, just to say hello and just sure. to, to keep uh, and I, you know, I, I don't have too many classmates uh, of my era of, of high school left. So I try to call them every once in a while, get back to them. And again, you know, at my age in, in this business, this is my 67th year in, in, in show business. Wow. And um, I don't have very many friends uh, uh, that uh, are around anymore. I mean, Ed Asner, who just recently passed away, he and I were about to do a uh, show in North Carolina. Oh, wow. And we did our rehearsal, little rehearsal. And uh, the day I was packing to leave with him to go, there's the day uh, his uh, dear daughter called to tell me had passed away. Oh. And then, you know, I, I, Gavin McLeod from Love Boat, uh, a lot sure. of my contemporaries uh and, and sometimes i watch tcm and they'll do remembering you know somebody and i go oh my goodness i didn't realize that person had uh, passed away yeah uh and, yeah and you go wow i uh <laughs> and then yeah. there were none <laughs> well, well uh, you know not to be grim here but i'm certainly glad that you're still here and <laughs> <Me too. laughs> 
<laughs> as you said. And I could talk about the mud ends and all the other things that uh, that's been going on. I'm glad that I, I always tell my wife, uh, good morning. I said, I, I'm still here, right? She said, yeah, you're still here. <laughs> it, you know, we talked about the article that I wrote back in 2015. One of the things that came up in that article was that the mud hens did three bobbleheads, Max Klinger bobbleheads. Oh, I should have brought them up. I have them downstairs. I forgot to bring them up. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because I had pictures of them on the article. But at the time that we spoke, they, they had gotten you the first one and the second one, but you were still waiting for the third one. And you actually said to me, you said, can you help me get that third one from the team? Did yeah. they get you the third one? Yes. What they did is they packaged all three uh, of them in a glass. That's why I said I had I forgot it. I had it downstairs. Sure. But, sure. Uh, yeah. They had one of me in a tuxedo. They had yeah. one of me in a uh, in a in a uh, tartan skirt or something as yep. clinker and and that. And then they had a another one. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was a, it was you and your army fatigues and it was the, the army uh, fatigues. Yeah. With the Toledo cap. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have it, uh, and and they encased it in a beautiful glass. Oh, good. So I have, oh, yeah, good. it's really nice. You well, know, I've had several uh, baseballs, of course, that they that they've sent me, and sure, and that sure. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I well, Ken Levine, who uh, later, I mean, uh, he's still in show business, but he used to do uh, the voices things for the Dodgers, the yeah. LA Dodgers here. And then uh, I, I'm good friends with Ross Porter. And of course, I knew Vince Scully. Sure. And, and I'm still friends with uh, with Ross. Uh, he was also part of the uh, the, the Dodger uh, group. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Chris Peterson's uh, husband, Tom, uh, Tom Reynolds, uh, used to be one of the coaches at the with the California, Colorado Rockies. Oh, wow. Uh, he's a Toledo. And I think he's a former major league player. I don't remember all of the teams that he played with and then um one of my classmates from the pasadena playhouse uh she was a wonderful actress she got was under contract at warner brothers and at uh, columbia studios she married andy carey the third baseman <laughs> for the new york yankees and when i was in the real army yeah. i happened to be stationed in new york at astoria and i uh, i would get uh, tickets uh, really really great seats you know yeah. for the yankee games <laughs> <laughs> so and go in and see andy carey and and, uh, and my friend lucy oh that's fantastic I, I so i love that you're still connected to baseball right now i know that you live in california these days are you a dodgers fan or do do you have a major league team well yeah i uh, you know when i was growing up i i i love the tigers of course yeah. and i love the uh, Cleveland Indians, Bob Feller and and uh, Satchel Page and Bob Lemon and Mike Garcia and the, you know had all the twenty game uh, winners and of course I love the Tigers with uh, Hank Greenberg and that and I but I, one of my favorite teams was the Boston Red Sox. Okay, I love Ted Williams. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew of course. that entire infield. You know, uh, yeah, Billy Goodman and and uh, and uh, all of the other players. Dom DiMaggio was uh, you know out in the center field and I got to see him play at one of the uh, Tiger games. I oh, had sold fantastic. A, a lot of my Toledo Blade newspapers. I used to peddle the papers, you know. Yeah. You, you sold a lot of subscriptions. They take the kids and they take it. To, at that time, it was Briggs Stadium in Detroit. And uh, I got, oh my goodness, I got to see Ted Williams at bat. And uh, that was so exciting to uh, to go to the uh, stadium and see the Tigers play 
and to see that great, uh, great ball player, what Ted a, Williams. What a classic memory. That's, that's amazing. I do have, I became I, friend, listen, I became friends with Joe DiMaggio over the years. Wow. At, at a lot of the golf tournaments that, uh, that I went to. And one of my favorite, all time favorite players was Ralph Kiner. Oh yeah. And I got to meet him. I used to uh, play in the Dinosaur uh, golf tournament, LPGA yeah. tournament. And Ralph, was the mayor of Palm Springs where it was <laughs> where it was playing, and I got to have dinner with him and Dinah, and he and he. I have a, a book, uh, the book that he wrote that he autographed. Oh, me. amazing! That was a thrill. I used to have to see. Oh, did he hit a home run? Did he hit a home run this uh, this time? So Ralph Kiner was uh, was one of my favorites. I got to meet him, and I got his uh, his biography. What a thrill! I imagine with you and Ralph Kiner in the same place, the laughter just never stopped. I imagine that. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he used to do the Mets, right? The, yeah, the, the New York Mets. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember any of the other uh, uh, baseball uh, players that uh, that I got to meet. That I, I grew up. Uh, oh, you know what? <laughs> Dean Autry and I became dear, dear friends, and he, of course, owned the Angels. Yeah. So um, he invited me and my wife to have dinner with him and uh, his wife Jackie at the uh, at the stadium so i said oh wow how exciting he said i'll send a car for you and that yeah so we we go we we have dinner up in this private box and everything else and we're watching the game i don't remember what year this this was but uh we're watching the game and he goes he says jamie you see that infield out there i said <laughs> yes sir he says not one of them will ever hit 300 and you're looking at 11 million dollars i went oh my <laughs> too funny I, I don't I, that was probably one of their 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 lesser uh, uh, productive years you know sure as, uh, sure and and now 11 million dollars doesn't sound like anything at all right well like they that's... make that in an inning <laughs> yeah exactly so i want to be respectful of your time here but i have one last logo question sure. for you about the mud hens so you said that the logos changed over the years when you were on uh, MASH, the logo for the Mud Hens was basically just the, it was the blue cap with the red bill and it had a white T on like, it. It looked like the, uh, the Rangers. The it Texas looked like the team. Texas yeah. Rangers. So, we used to get a lot of that and and I, I didn't know what to do with, uh, about it. I didn't want to insult the Mud Hens and didn't want to <laughs> insult Ken Levine and I didn't didn't want to insult any of So we probably let that one ride. Yeah, well, you were wearing the correct logo. It just, you know, the fans didn't know. And and by the, the Korean War was set before they changed the logo, but then the show aired after they changed the logo. Right. So you right. you were historically accurate, but oh, I uh, was. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I'll, I'll sleep well, sleep better tonight now knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Farr, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me. This has been such a thrill. I'm thank you for asking me. My gracious, you know, it's nice. Uh, I, I told my wife at my age and everything to to still be remembered and and uh, it was, it's such a great show, wonderful writing, directing, and and the, the wonderful actors. And then you know there's only there's only five of us uh, left out of the uh, the gang, the yeah. original gang. There's uh, Loretta and Mike Farrell and and Alan Alda, Gary Berghoff, and and myself. Uh, yeah, the rest of them are. Um, you know, someplace we'll be joining them. So, yeah, it, 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 it's great to, to watch the show. And uh, and it t- takes me back to uh, the time when we were all together. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I do cherish that.
Well, I have to tell you that that I'm first of all, I'm at my parents' house in Philadelphia right now for the for the Christmas break. I love Philadelphia. Uh, Thank it's, you where I, it's where I grew <laughs> Bobby up. Bobby Rydell. <laughs> um, Bobby but the gang, the buddies I do. Yeah. We I grew up watching my my parents introduced us when we were kids to MASH and we watched it religiously every single week. And then when it was in syndication, we watched it every single day. We would watch the the national news and Jeopardy and MASH yep. every night after dinner. And so I have to, I have full disclosure, I have to admit that my parents were over here over my shoulder looking because they didn't, I don't think they really believed that I was speaking with Jamie Farr. And so they, <laughs> <laughs> so they were, they were peeking over my shoulder here when we first started talking. So that's well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, uh, and, I, and I'm delighted to still be here. <laughs> I, I enjoy, I try to enjoy every day. And uh, I, you know, I've been doing these cameos and, and memo uh, things that, uh, that they have. And sure. I can't believe uh, how important our series was. It wasn't just a television show. Right. It, it really made an impact with people, Paul, uh, yeah. where a lot of them became doctors and nurses and, and, and what it meant to their lives. You know, you didn't realize that we were doing it because we were paying our rent and eating our sure. food, you know, and raising our families. And sure. that. we didn't realize how really important we were to all of the families out there. We were significant to them. It was an institution. It was a cultural institution right. at a at a time when when America watched television differently. It's you know it could I don't think it could ever be recreated in the same way as as what you had back then. And you know it was part of my childhood growing up. I mean the mash the mash finale is still the one that I think of as the defining television finale of any TV show. There hasn't been one since. Yeah, the, that we had uh, 200 million people in the United States at that time. There were only three networks. Yeah. Uh, and we had 125 million people out of 200 million watching the show. There's like what, over 300 million people now in the yeah. United States. Yeah. And even though they're very popular TV series out there, there are so many different channels now. Uh, and streaming and all sure. the other things. The competition sure. is great. So I don't think, other than the Super Bowls, that sure. we had a couple of Super Bowls that uh, exceeded our, our our people, our viewing yeah. power. But yeah. uh, for a, a, a written show, a dramatic show, a TV show, I don't think anyone will ever top uh, what happened with that last episode when we did it. 125 million people out of And so here's million. 125 million people exposed to the Toledo mud hens because of Max Klinger and you watching games through the knot holes in Swain field as a, as a child, what an amazing story. What an amazing thing for, for the mud hens. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, it's such a thrill to, to speak with you because you've been such a part of, of my life, well, my whole life. Thank you. Merry Christmas to your parents. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your listeners. And, Happy New Year to all of you, and I hope it's a healthy one. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, and Happy New Year. I hope that we'll get to speak again about the Toledo Mud Hens. Okay, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Mr. Farr. Thank you so much. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, I am very happy right now to be joined for the very first time, not for the last time here on, on Baseball by Design, by Dan Simon, the very accomplished, prolific graphic designer who has created lots of minor league baseball logos, almost 100 minor league baseball logos, and has worked in, in many other fields of sports design. 
and we'll delve deep into that into an episode just with Dan uh, just in a, in a few weeks. But right now, Dan created the the logo, the current logo for this very old franchise, the Toledo Mud Hens that we were just talking about with with Jamie Farr. And so, I'll, Dan, I'm going to jump in right with you here. First of all, were you a fan of Mash growing up? Oh yeah, of course. I I uh, I I saw every episode of its 10 year run and consider it to be the greatest sitcom in the history of of television it was such a huge part of my childhood and just now just speaking with jamie farr was just a was a huge thrill for me you got to work on you 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 have created the current logo for the franchise that jamie farr's uh, character max klinger represented throughout the history of that that sitcom it's funny to me that the sitcom ran for 10 years and the Korean War only ran for four. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, the the Toledo Mud Hens. Just a brief recap of of their history. That name was first used in 1896. The franchise has been around sort of off and on for a long time. Their visual identity can very much be divided between pre 1949 and post 1949, when the very first Mortimer was introduced. Mortimer, Mortimer the the Mud Hen. There was one version of them used for, you know, just for like a, like maybe two years. And then the team went away for a long time. And then they came back in 1965 and there was a new Mortimer that was created. And then various versions of that logo has, has been used, you know, right up until 2005 when you were charged with crafting a new identity for the Toledo Mud Hens. So can you talk about the sort of responsibility that you felt for this, this franchise that I think, with apologies to the Durham Bulls, might be the most iconic in all of minor league baseball. I would be interested to hear other folks' thoughts on that. But in large part, because of the millions of people who became familiar with the Toledo Mud Hens through the TV show MASH, I think that that franchise is the most iconic in all of minor league baseball. You were charged with crafting a new identity based on their old identity, but crafting a new identity. What was that responsibility like for you as a designer? Well, to your point about it being the most iconic brand in, in minor league baseball, um, you know, but some people would say, of course, that the Durham Bulls is on equal footing. Uh, you know, both of those had, both of those brands had the benefit of one, a TV show and the other, a movie to um, expose it to people who would not have ordinarily necessarily been exposed to a minor league baseball brand. So, man, since my childhood, uh, the Toledo Mud Hens was, was iconic. I thought it was so cool being a big baseball fan that Corporal Klinger, Jamie Farr, was, was wearing a Mud Hens cap and, and even a jersey in numerous episodes. And uh, so to then one day get the chance to update that brand identity was, was uh, it was truly an honor. And it was in turn very important to me to do a really good job on that. Not that I never, I, I don't always try to do a very good job, but as, for something as iconic as that, uh, it, it was incumbent on me to make sure it was done well and done right. He actually brought on the interview, because we were on Zoom like you and I are right now, but on the interview, he brought one of the three jerseys that he wore 
during the TV show and he had it there in his office with him. And he said, look, here's this one. And the other two he had given away to other other sources, including one to the Mudheads. So that jersey that he wore was, you know, he he had that with him while we were talking. The other thing he wore was he had that that cap that a lot of people said looked like a Texas Rangers cap. And there was some debate about was he actually wearing a mud hens cap? And he very much was. If you look at what the mud hens were wearing back in 1950, that's what the that's what what Max Klinger was wearing on that show. So in creating this this new logo, uh, you know, you obviously some of it's different and some of it still harkens back to the 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 original, at least Mortimer brands. What were you what were you charged with in creating that new logo? Well, when the previous logo was done, I believe you mentioned 1965, sports branding was not an industry. And if you had if, if you were a team and you knew somebody that could draw, <laughs> you would go to that person to do your logo. Uh, merchandising was not in the equation back then. Uh, for, I, I would venture to say you as a fan, you probably couldn't have gotten a Toledo Mudhens cap back then. Uh, teams just didn't merchandise the, the way they do today. And they didn't brand the way they do today. So what, what I was charged with doing, and the reason the Mudhens came to me, was to make, make it look like it was done today. Now, I can't actually not today. That was done 16 years ago. But in in essence, bring it into the 21st century. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking at the the suite of logos, as you can find on sportslogos.net. And you have, you know, you, you have these these terrific characters who are very much related to what came before in some ways, but obviously brand new. He's wearing that Toledo Mudhens cap that Klinger wore, which is uh, I, I like that little nod. But the 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 things that you did, you know, you created a custom typeface for them. You've got one logo that is just a feather, which I have seen on their helmet Sundays. I know they have a version of their uh, their ice cream helmet Sundays with just the feather logo. And then you have a version of Mortimer swinging a bat, which is very familiar to the. Uh, you know, similar, at least in, in stance to the, to the original Mortimer. And then you have like just the head logo, but you've got a, a more of a three quarters angle than that, than original one head. So, so some of what you did was brand new. And some of it was like you say, bringing the previous version into the 21st century. One detail that I absolutely love on the, the primary logo is that you changed it. It was just a, a round L. It was just a circle and then you changed it to an egg shape instead of a circle. And that's a, that's a great little detail. I really like that one very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's whenever I get a chance to do something like that, you know, it seems obvious and who knows, maybe it is, but like you said, they didn't used to have it like that. And so I get a kick out of being able to, to bring something like that into, into a brand identity. For sure. For sure. Well, so Dan, my hope on this podcast is that uh, you and I will get to do this often. We have an episode coming up on the, the uh, Daytona Tortugas, where you and I, uh, we've already recorded that conversation. So in a couple of weeks, there's going to be the Tortugas. A couple of weeks after that, we've got the episode with just you. There's so many great logos, as all of my listeners know. 
that you have created that I'm so looking forward to, to breaking down with you on this podcast going forward. Is there anything else about the Mud Hens logo that, that listeners of this podcast should know about before I let you go? Well, I would like to give a shout out to my collaborator on this particular project. Um, as you mentioned in, in your introduction to me, um, or to introduction to your listeners about me, uh, I've done I've done a lot of of brand identity brand identities developed a lot of brand identities and certainly the lion's share of those are in the world of minor league baseball. Uh, and speaking of lion's share, the lion's share of the characters in those brand identities uh, was done by was done or were done, whatever, were done by me. Uh, lion's share, I guess that's that's singular, so was done by me. Yeah. And um, however, there are, are times where I've got a, a handful of very talented creatives who I sometimes go to uh, when there's something that needs to be done that I know they can do better than me. And one of those individuals is uh, a character artist named Jim Valeri. Uh, I've known Jim for over 25 years, uh, a good friend, but also a very important person as far as the, the Studio Simon body of work. Uh, he, is, he has worked for companies including the Walt Disney Company, uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, he is, in, in addition to who he's worked for, he, as far as being on staff, he's also done work for practically every other um, business that needs character art, like Hanna-Barbera, uh, Cartoon Network, etc. cetera. Um, and Jim was, Jim did the original initial sketches for all of the iterations of the newly branded, newly updated back in, what did we say that was, 2005, uh, Mortimer, uh, and did, as he always does, a, a fantastic job. So kudos to him. You also mentioned the Feather logo. Uh, credit where credit is due, though I did create that Feather. That Feather was originally just part of the, the Mudhands uh, wordmark in the brand identity. That is, it was, it crossed the E in, or did it cross the H? You know what? I don't have it open in front of me. I don't remember. That's you had it right. You had it right. It crosses the E. That's what I thought. <laughs> yep. That's right. And Dan Royer, who is the in-house designer for both the Toledo Mudhens and their sister club, the ECHL hockey team, the Toledo Walleye, he is the one that's responsible for pulling that feather out and using it as a standalone logo. So he has been shepherding the brand since I did that update and does a great, great job of it. So kudos to both Dan Royer and Jim Valeri for their part in, in this uh, brand identity development. Well, thank you for, for that. Thank you for giving credit because it's, it's something I'm gonna, I'm, I wanna make sure, you know, like, especially you know, when you hear, oh, a logo was designed in-house. It's like, okay, but let's hear a name of a designer with that too. So with that in mind, I should say that the original 1949 version of Mortimer was drawn by a Toledo artist named Robert Parcel. And then in 1965, uh, it was redesigned by an artist named Gabe Pinciotti. 
you know, it's great that you uh, were able to find that information on, on who did the original illustrations of Mortimer because so much of that, that, that information is lost to history. Um, and whenever somebody can dig up who did those things originally, that, that's great. When I wrote this article uh, about the, the mud hens in 2015, when I contacted the team, almost always, you know, a team gives me a general manager or their director of media relations to, to speak with. When I contacted them, they put me in touch with their team historian, John Hussman, who had this amazing collection of artifacts and, and you know, program guide covers and all that sort of thing. So that was really a fun thing to write about. You know, some, some teams need a historian rather than a media relations person because they're, they go back so far. Uh, I love I love reading about that. Uh, I was just recently reading about uh, it was the original Washington Senators logo was done. When I say original, not yeah. the one going back to Walter Johnson's days, but I guess when they that those senators moved to Minnesota, Minnesota, and then a new expansion senators. Um, had a logo done. So this would have been 1960, let's just say in the 60s, I don't know the date. And that logo I just read was done by Red Auerbach's brother, Red Auerbach, the <laughs> owner and longtime coach of the Boston Celtics, who then also did the, the Boston Celtics logo for his brother, the one of the Celtic characters, I believe spinning a ball on his finger yeah, was done yeah. by uh, Red Auerbach's brother, whose first name I believe was Zang, Z-A-N-G. And I'd like to know the origins of uh, of that. Is it short for something, or was his name Zang? Because that's a great name. This is this is amazing. This is, you know, I just love these little details. And speaking of great names, completely unrelated, but um, Pike's Peak in Colorado was explored by a Western explorer whose name was Zebulon Pike. And I've always thought Zebulon was a great name. And you there's know, a I'm, minor league baseball team in Zebulon, North Carolina. That would be the Carolina Mudcats. I had no idea that the town where they played was called Zebulon. How about that? See? And another coincidence is I did a logo with Pike's Peak in it, which would have been the Colorado Springs Sky Sox logo which featured i've i've anthropomorphized just about everything um, <laughs> for those of you listening you can't see that paul is wearing a um, cedar rapids colonel's sweatshirt right now which has a studio simon anthropomorphized ear of corn and in the case of the colorado spring sky socks I had to anthropomorphize a mountain. So um, it, it's uh, just the coincidences keep on happening. I love the, the twists and turns that our conversations take, Dan, every single time we talk. I, you will not be surprised to learn, of course, I own both a baseball cap and a T-shirt with your anthropomorphized Pikes Peak on it. You know, I'm, I'm about two and a half hours away from Colorado Springs, so it's easy for me to get down there. Obviously, that's where the Rocky Mountain vibes play now. Do you have a uh, a Colorado Springs Sky Sox ice cream helmet? No, they, they never did the ice cream helmet. 
uh, with this guy. So all you could get down there was the major league ones. Okay. Well, Dan, thank you so much. I've kept you longer than I meant to. I look forward to many more of these conversations. Thank you for everything you've done for minor league baseball and minor league baseball fans. You know, the, these stories are so much fun to tell and, and these brands that you've worked on are, are so, so rich and in their stories and their design. And I look forward to speaking to you many more times over the course of this podcast uh, about the work that you've done. Well, it was indeed my pleasure, and I very much look forward to doing it again. Where can people find you? Uh, where, where, where are your preferred online venues for people to find you? Well, my website is studiosimon.net, and then I'm on Instagram, um, studio underscore Simon. All right. Well, Happy New Year, Dan, and uh, we'll talk soon. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to you as well. <laughs>